If you got one of these, this little invite card when you walked in, or if you've just got scrap paper, or if you've got a phone, I need you to write one word down. I'm going to write it down with you. Here's the word. Ready? Expect. Expect. There's the word, whether you can read it on here or not. Expect. I want you to write expect somewhere. If you're taking notes, write it on a scrap piece of paper, jot it in your phone, because we're going to keep coming back to that word. We're going to hit pause on it for a minute. We're going to come back to it. But expect. When I think of expectations, especially around the holiday season, we all have different versions of that word, don't we? We have different expectations we put on ourselves. We have different expectations that we put on our kids or our family. Our parents and extended family, they have certain expectations of us. We, are, we live in a world where there are just expectations. That's not a bad thing. It's just a reality, and it's how we interact with some of those expectations. What I want to lean into this morning as we get even uh, towards the end of the story we're going to look at is what do we expect from God? What is your expectation of God? Not just big picture, but like today, what's your expectation of God showing up in your life? This week, what is your expectation of God showing up and moving and doing in your life? This next year, we're getting close to the end of 2018, moving into 2019. What is your expectation of God this next year? I said we live in a world of expectations. May we not limit our expectations to just, you know, the, the interactions we face here with individuals, but also our interactions and our relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you some expectations I've got, one specifically on Saturday. I love Saturdays. It's a day off. It's, it's really the only day that our entire family has together. Kids are in school during the week. Sunday's a little different for our family, just with my role. And so Saturdays is really it for our whole family being together. Now, here's what's interesting about Saturday, though. Because I've got these great plans of, oh, or great ideas, I should say, of, man, we'll be together as a family. We'll do, like, pizza movie night. We do that a lot on Saturdays. We, we love being together on Saturdays. But something also happens on Saturdays. Right? Anybody have a Saturday to-do list that ends up being about that big? Right? There's, there's things to do. Because it is a day off, that means it's not really a day off. It's just a day off from this stuff so you can do this stuff. That's all it is. You're just switching the stuff that you have to do. And those things really do need to get done. And I even noticed, I was paying attention because I knew it was going to happen yesterday even, of I want to do this, I want to hang out with kids and do all these family things, but, man, this is like my only day off, I really have got to get these things done. If I don't do it, who else is going to do it? And so we find ourselves in this tension a lot of times, especially November, December, the holiday season of I want to do this, this is important, but there's also all this other stuff that really does need to get done. Expectations. How do we deal with those types of Saturdays? I want to, but I also need to. And they're all important. And this isn't so much a, a look at priorities as it is what are we going to do first? How do we handle those types of moments? If you've got your Bibles, why don't you head over to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. And as you're getting there, so we're going to be kind of in the middle there. We're going to start in verse 40. But I found myself say this phrase, and parents, you've probably said this as well. If you're in the workplace, you've probably said this to coworkers as well. You say this phrase, just a minute. Or maybe it's just a second, right? Or, or give me a minute. And what we're saying is, I hear you, I get it, but I can't do that right now. I say it all the time to my kids. They'll, they'll ask for something. Dad, will you help tie my shoes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a Minute, just a minute, just a minute. Let me, let me go and do this first, and, and then I will come back. 
It's, hey, Dad, can we go outside? Can we go play? Yeah, yeah. Hey, g- give me just a minute, and I'll be right there. It happens in the workplace, too. It's, hey, can, can you fill out this for me? It's like, yeah, I most certainly can. I will. I promise I'll get to it. Just give me a minute. It always is just a minute, isn't it? Because there's always something else we need to do, and we keep pushing things off. Just a minute, just a minute, just a minute. And what we say when we say just a minute is, I hear you, and I'm not saying it's not important, but it's not important right now. And my question is, maybe it is. I'm not saying everything is. Not everything can be now. But what if we changed up what is important now? Things have to get done. You know, we, we, we get that. But what is now? What needs to be now? And that's what Jesus is going to show us here in this story. Luke chapter 9, or I'm sorry, Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 40. Here's the scene. It says, now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all, and here's that word, what's it say? They were expecting him. There was an expectation. Now, for them, it was just a physical, we're expecting him to show up. We were waiting on you. We're expecting you to show up. They were waiting on him because they thought he would do something great as Jesus was traveling around, preaching, teaching, healing, doing miracles. They expected to see Jesus and for him to do something great. Verse 41, then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12 years old, was dying. So this is, this is a big deal. Don't miss this. Jairus, it says, a synagogue leader. Now, most of the Jewish leaders, Jewish religious leaders, were not too fond of Jesus. And so most likely for Jairus, this would have been a last resort. He would have been desperate. That he would have gone to all sorts of other people, all sorts of other places. Can anybody heal my daughter? Nobody can. Nobody knew what to do. And so he finally falls at Jesus' feet, expecting him to do something that no one else could do in his most desperate moment. It says here, as Jesus was on his way, he agreed to go to his house and heal and and see his daughter. So uh, as he was on his way, it says the crowds almost crushed him. Imagine how many people that would have been. The crowds crushed him almost. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak. And immediately, her bleeding stopped. Now understand the expectation here. You have an entire crowd of people that showed up expecting Jesus, expecting to see him, expecting him to do great things or to speak great words. You have Jairus, a synagogue leader, coming up to Jesus, falling at his feet, expecting him to do what no one else could do. And then we're introduced to this woman. Don't know her name. We don't know anything about her other than she has been bleeding for 12 years and no one could do anything for her. And she had the expectation that if I could just get close enough, if I could just touch the edge of his cloak, I don't even need his hand. I just need to touch a piece of his clothing. Maybe that'll fix me. Maybe that'll help. The expectation from the crowd, from Jairus to this woman. And it worked says, as soon as she touched his cloak, immediately her bleeding stopped. She was healed. Incredible miracle without Jesus recognizing her, without Jesus speaking to her, without Jesus physically touching her. She had the expectation she was healed. But look at what happens next. Verse 45. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, talking about his disciples that were around him. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master. The people are crowding and pressing against you. In other words, that's a really nice way for Peter to say, Jesus, are you kidding me? 
The crowds are practically crushing us. You're asking who touched you? We're all touching you. We've got all kinds of people touching me and touching you, Jesus. What a dumb question, master. Aren't you all knowing? Yeah, you pick out the one person in the crowd that apparently touched you. It was a silly question, a ridiculous question. But Jesus stopped and asked the question again. He asked it the first time, who touched me? And Peter was the smart one to say, uh, Jesus, that's just a dumb question. But verse 46, Jesus said again, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. In other words, Jesus walking along, and remember, he's walking to heal this 12-year-old girl. So he's walking with a purpose. He's not just meandering around. He's just not meeting and greeting a bunch of different people. No, Jairus came to him and said, Lord, Jesus, please do something. And Jesus agreed. So Jesus is walking with a purpose to his home, and then he stops. Stops. Now imagine Jairus for a moment. Jesus, why are we stopping? This is, this is urgent. This is important. We have to keep going. The disciples, Jesus, why are you stopping? You want to know who touched you? That's a terrible question to ask in this moment. What could possibly be more important than going to this 12-year-old girl who needs you right now? His father is right there begging you. Why are we stopped? And Jesus stopped right where he was at in the middle of this massive crowd and asked this same question twice. Who touched me? I'm not leaving until I find out. No, 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 we're not going anywhere. Everything else stops until I find out who touched me. Look at what happened next. Then the woman, and look at this phrase. This is worth underlining, writing down, and highlighting. Seeing that she could no longer go unnoticed. Seeing that she could not go unnoticed. She came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he, Jesus, said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Do not miss that. Do not overlook that. This woman had an expectation that Jesus would do something mighty and great in her life. And she expected that all she had to do was just touch a piece of his clothes and it would be taken care of. She also expected to stay anonymous. She also expected to not be known and not be noticed. It's such a crowd. If I can just squeeze in, touch his robe, and then I'll back away, no one will ever know that I was here. Jesus doesn't even need to know me at this point. But Jesus stops the moment it happened and puts everything else on hold and says, no, 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 no. Who touched me? This poor woman, you could imagine, oh, no. <laughs> that wasn't part of my plan. <laughs> what do you mean? He's, he's asking who just, well, maybe he won't know it's me. Surely, I mean, there's a lot of people here. Surely he, he won't know, but he's not moving. He asked it again, so who touched me? And this woman expected and even desired to remain unknown. But it says when she realized, when she finally understood that she could not go unnoticed, she came forward. How many of us try to go unnoticed? How many people in our life remain unnoticed. The anonymous people in our lives. The moments and the places, the environments that you try to remain anonymous. Jesus said, no, 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 no. Jairus, you're gonna have to wait a second. Your 12-year-old dying girl is gonna have to wait a minute. Ooh, that doesn't sound right, does it? I'm not going anywhere until I meet this woman who touched me. 
Because I would imagine for Jairus, for the disciples, for the rest of the crowd, what could possibly be more important than this little girl that needed Jesus in that moment, that urgent matter of truly life and death? What could possibly be worth stopping for? Yet Jesus, in his, in his wisdom, in his love for us, his love for people, said, this is worth stopping for. See, it wasn't about the healing at this point, because remember, she was already healed. The moment she touched his clothes, she was healed. So it's not like Jesus wanted to stop so that he could heal this woman. No, it was stop so I can meet this woman, so I can get to know this woman, so I can look her in the eyes, so I can see her face to face. And he even calls her daughter. He's changing the relationship with her. It's no longer this woman in need. He calls her daughter. See, for Jesus, stopping and meeting this individual who wanted to remain anonymous, who wanted to go unnoticed, making her known in this moment was more important than the urgent healing that Jairus needed. Let that sink in for a moment. Truly life and death for Jairus' daughter. And Jesus said, I will stop to make who was unknown, known. That tells you the character of Jesus, doesn't it? Hit pause, hit time out. Who is unknown? Who, somebody touched me. I want to know them. It's not just about healing and giving what they need. It's I want to know them. So he said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Verse 49, while Jesus was still speaking, so he was continuing to have a conversation with her, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Could you imagine Jairus' heart dropped? Why'd we have to stop? If only we kept going. But verse 50, hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. And if you keep reading through, you read through the rest of the story, that's exactly what Jesus does. He continues to Jairus' house, and everybody's like, it's not worth it, she's already gone. Jesus says, well, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Have a little greater expectations for me. And he doesn't just heal this little girl. He truly raises her from the dead. And what we see in this story, we see two incredible miracles, a healing and a resurrection. But those miracles are really not the focal point of this story and what I really want us to lean into and the expectations that we should have, not just for ourselves, but for other people. It goes back to that question, what could possibly be worth stopping for when it's a life and death matter? What could possibly be worth halting that trip for? What could possibly be worth saying, not now, just a minute? What do we actually say just a minute for? Usually, usually we would say just a minute to everyone else and we would run, rush to the urgent matter that Jairus was speaking of. But Jesus does it a little bit different, doesn't he? He says, don't worry about the healings and the miracles, I'll take care of that. He says, but... To make this woman known in that moment was more important. And we're throwing out these words, urgent and important, and well, aren't the urgent things important? And well, yes-ish, but let's, let's kind of separate them enough, at least for our discussion here for the remainder of our time, is urgent and important. Instead of interchanging those words, let's separate them where we could say not every, I'm not saying always here, but not every urgent matter is always important. Is it possible that the urgent matters are not important, they're just urgent? Another way to think of this would be if your car starts to die. The engine starts doing some shaky things and you're not a mechanic, so you're like, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. 
So it's urgent that you fix your car before it dies. So what do you do? You take it to a mechanic. You take it to the auto shop and say, I don't know what's wrong, but I need you to do something right now because it's about to die. That would be an urgent matter. The important thing would be to constantly put oil in your car. <laughs> the, the important thing would be over time, you, you do go and get it taken care of. And you change all those things that you don't know you're supposed to change. That would be important, right? We're coming up on flu season. So we're all going to make visits to the doctors last minute. We're all going to go to little clinics at Kroger. I'll see you there. We've been to urgent care. It's urgent care because they're open late and they can take you in a moment's notice. So when you're sick, of course, it's urgent to get to a doctor. But the important thing would be, well, am I taking care of myself even when I'm healthy? You see the distinction there of urgent and important. Seth Godin, a, a blogger and leader, uh, has written many books specifically in the business community, and he said this about urgent and important. He said, if you take care of important things, the urgent things don't show up as often. The opposite is never true. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Because isn't it true that the urgent things, not always, but often are just delayed important things piled up? The important things that have been neglected over time and neglected over time, it's important, but I'm neglecting it. It's important, but just a minute. And eventually what was important is now urgent and on fire, and you've got to fix it now. There's no other choice. Now, again, we can't plan for everything, and urgent matters are always going to happen. But think of all the important things we sacrifice in the midst of chasing down and rushing towards the urgent. So here's what I'd love us to look at is... Both of these need to happen, right? Jesus still went to the home of Jairus. He didn't ignore or neglect the urgent, but he did say there's something more important than that urgent matter. Don't miss that. He didn't neglect the urgent, but he did say, stop. Jesus didn't run and rush to the house of Jairus. Well, let me get there first and deal with that. Then I'll come back and I'll see if I can find the lady who took. Maybe she's still in the crowd. No, he said, I'm not doing anything else until I discover who this person is. And he stopped for something important on his way to something urgent. He told urgent just a minute and leaned in to what he would say is important. Maybe not more important, but in that moment, that's where he spent his time. That got the now, not the later. Urgent got the later and the important got the now. So how can we do that? Right, I said earlier, there's a lot that still has to get done, and it's not that we can keep pushing everything off, and as you know and as I know, leaning into this month especially, there's going to be a lot of urgent matters that bubble up, right? There's going to be a lot of fires to put out for some of you very literally on Thanksgiving Day. For the rest of us, it'll just be a metaphor. There's a lot of things that are going to need our attention. Where's our attention go? So here's what I want to suggest, and I think what we see out of Jesus's example here is the first one is to just walk a little slower walk a little slower if jesus had gotten the news from jairus and said oh that is that is urgent you're right i've got to go right now and if he just took off imagine who he would have missed out on have you ever seen these people if you go to the mall which i wouldn't recommend at this time of year but if you go to the mall you see the mall walkers you know the mall walkers the, here's a mall walker You see the mall walkers, right? They just do laps around you as you're going through, right? The mall walkers, right? They're not going slowly. They're, they, they've got a pace they've got to keep. They're trying to keep up. They're trying to get something done. I've got to beat my time. It's all about keeping it going. But when you're a mall walker and you keep going and you don't stop, what's the problem? You don't stop. 
Think of everybody that you pass by and overlook. Think of all the faces that go unnoticed. Jesus walked a little slower. As he went through the crowd, he walked a little slower. On his way to a life and death urgent matter, he walked a little slower. And as Jesus, instead of rushing to what was urgent, he walked a little slower. And because he walked a little bit slower, he was able to recognize something that happened in that moment. If he rushed, probably as us, we would not have noticed what happened. But because he walked a little bit slower, he recognized, somebody touched me, something just happened, stop. I'm not moving, I'm not moving on until what was unknown is made known. More importantly, the person who tried to go unnoticed is now noticed and became known. Walk just a little bit slower. Keep first things first. That's another way to look at it. Let me, let me put this in your lap uh, of walking a little bit slower. Eat dinner a little bit slower. Not because it's good for your digestive system, but because it allows your family to spend just a little bit more time with you. We've trained our boys well enough where they have to ask to be excused to get away from the table. What's funny is we'll sit down like, I haven't even had a bite yet. And they're like, can we be excused? And I'm like, you're missing the point here. Like, thank you for your politeness, but no, <laughs> no, talk with me and, and let's, let's hear about your day. So eat dinner just a little bit slower. Walk out of your house just a little bit slower. Maybe, maybe it's not the rush to the car, to the van, and get everybody in and out. It's, let's just go a little bit slower. Maybe there's a moment where we would have missed otherwise. Leave work maybe a little bit slower. I know that's a hard one to ask for some of you. I, I recognize that. But maybe there's a coworker that has gone unnoticed for so long because it's, it's 5 o'clock, i got to go. 6 o'clock, I'm, I'm trying to get out. I get that. Maybe just walk a little bit slower. Walk into your home a little bit slower. As you're coming in from work and dealing with the traffic, you, you come in just a little bit slower instead of, oh, I just need to get my, I mean, that's me. I just want to get my work clothes off, put on sweatpants, and just sit down for a second. So on the way to changing, I'll usually say to my kids, well, just a second, just a minute. And they're wanting, they're asking, they're pleading to, Dad, can I tell you about my day? And then I say, just a minute, let me go change first. Oh, yes, because changing my clothes is so much more important than hanging out with my kids. That's what I say in the moment, though, isn't it? Maybe we walk a little bit slower. Some of you need to drive a little bit slower. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> Move a little bit slower. Well, I've got urgent things. Yeah, yeah, yes. We all have urgent things. Just because it's urgent doesn't mean you need to rush. Move a little bit slower. Matthew 6, 33 says this. Jesus, in fact, says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, talking about God, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, if you go to Matthew 6 and you read what Jesus is talking about, all these things, it's all the stuff that we need and we want and we're trying to be taken care of. It's, it's really showing God is a God who provides and takes care of us, right? And we tend to reverse that. We try to seek all these things and then what's left, well, then I'll, I'll chase after God and my family and my personal health. And what Jesus says, no, 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 first things first, seek First, his kingdom and his righteousness. In other words, God things and doing things God's way. Doing things his way. Doing things right. Seek those things first and then everything else will, will happen. What gets your now versus your later? Second part of this. Don't just do more. Do more of what matters most. We tend to think the answer is, well, I'll just do more. And we've talked about that over the last several weeks even. It's not about just doing more. You might have to do more, but it's make sure it's what matters most. I've noticed this, and I've tried to pay more and more attention to it recently in preparing for today, is if I were to ask you, how's your week? 
And that's a very typical question that we ask in our culture, right? How's it going? How's your week? How was your day? You know what I have never, ever heard in any context, whether that was a friend, whether that's family, whether that's here on a Sunday, hey, tell me about your week. I get a lot of, ah, goods, ah, pretty goods, but the majority of it is like busy, man, there's a lot going on. Here's what I've never heard. Oh, man, my week? Unbelievably relaxed. Like, I'm bored. I've got nothing happening. I mean, am I, that's never happened to me, ever. Even if it's true for you, I've never had somebody tell me, look me in the eye and say, I'm just, I'm just calm and, and relaxed, and I've been sleeping in, taking a couple of naps during the day. I mean, man, oh man, life's great. I've never heard anybody say that. We are busy, but busy isn't always productive. And I don't think our problem is a lack of commitment. I think our problem is overcommitment. So yes, we might have to do some more. Make sure you're doing more of what really, really matters. Moms, there's a lot for you to do. And don't just do more. Make sure you're doing more of what really matters. Make sure you're doing what truly is going to impact and be effective for your kids as you parent them. Teachers, as you're ending the year, you're coming up on breaks and kids start losing their minds and you start losing your minds. It's not just about doing more. It's about doing more that really matters, putting your effort and energy where you're going to be most effective. You think through any profession, any scenario, any relationship, it's not just doing more, it's doing more of what really, really matters. What gets your now versus what gets your later. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen, it's just now versus later. There's a proverb, a quote, says this, says, the wise does at first what the fool does at last. I like that. The wise does at, fir- the wise does at first what the fool does at last. In other words, what they finally get around to. Some of us, instead of a to-do list, we need a to-don't list. (laughs) Here's the things that are going to wait. They're going to get done, but not now, but later. Last thing I would tell you is the smallest action is greater than the grandest intention. The smallest action, the smallest movement is still greater than these grand intentions and ideas and motives. Right, when I, and I think of like just personal health, for me personally, when I say, man, I just don't have time to work out, what I'm really saying is I don't want to wake up early to go work out. That's what I'm really saying, right? It's not that I physically don't have time, it's I don't like what that's going to take, and I don't like what that's going to cost, and so I have great intentions, I have great ideas, I have the right heart and the right motivation, but I don't want to do what it actually takes, and yes, there's a cost with that. So instead of just having these great intentions, let's have some small actions which will produce and will do something incredible if we're walking a little bit slower. So let's go back to it. Walk a little bit slower. I want to put this on the screen for you, and if you want to take a picture of it, you might not be able to write them down as as fast. We'll post them on social if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook. But here's what it looks like to walk a little bit slower. Again, we're not mall walking. We're not rushing to get everything done. Yes, it has to get done. There's going to be a lot of fires to put out, so we can't always be chasing after the urgent. So I will walk a little slower. Put it in your lap for this week. This week, I will walk a little slower. I will not allow people to go unnoticed. Oh, that's huge. We walk a little bit slower. We notice people. We interact with people. We start to discover things about people we've never noticed before because why? We're usually rushing to something else. I will not allow people to go unnoticed. I will do more of what matters most. As things get piled onto your list, you need a filter of, well, does this really matter most? Or is this just something else that needs to get done later? Now versus later, important versus urgent. And lastly, I will spend a little bit more time with Jesus. 
Can I suggest get out of bed a little bit slower? That one doesn't take a lot of convincing, does it? <laughs> Ooh, great, my pastor said I have to sleep. I hit the snooze a couple times. No, 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 hear me out. What if we woke up a little bit slower? And before your feet hit the ground to rush into your day, what if you read one verse? And, and it's even made easy. If you have the YouVersion Bible app, highly recommend it. Go on the App Store, any of the App Stores, get YouVersion. They've got a verse of the day, literally a sentence or two. What if we woke up a little slower and we read a verse or two to start our day? It's important before we jump into everything of urgent. What was the word I told you to write down earlier? Expect. I would expect the urgent will get more and more and more for the next probably month to six weeks. Agreed? <laughs> so I would also expect you and me to be ready for that. The important things are still there. The urgent things are going to keep piling up. And more so, I would expect that we have a lot of wants and desires that we just say, I don't have time for. So here's a question I want you to begin to wrestle with. What important thing have you put off? What important thing have you put off? And there's a good reason, there's a good excuse, there's a good explanation. I'm not saying, I'm not chastising you for it, I'm encouraging you and almost giving you permission to put a few other things off. What important thing, what important person, what of importance have you said just a minute to? Just a minute, just a minute, just a minute. Stop saying just a minute. Because the expectation is that important thing going unnoticed will lead to something urgent. Time with your kids, it's important. And if it's not tended to, that will become urgent one day. Spouses, your marriage, your spouse is important. And if they go unnoticed for too long, it's going to become urgent one day. There's people in your life that currently are unnoticed because we're rushing so fast and so quickly. Let's walk a little slower. And let's begin with our relationship with Jesus. Let's walk through life a little slower, spend a little bit more time with him. James chapter 4 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. What a beautiful image. Understand, come near to God and he will come near to me. You take a step towards God and he takes a step towards you. That's what I expect every day of my life. Is that as I take a step towards my father, he takes a step towards me. As I take a step into a relationship with my savior, he takes a step Towards me, the expectation that when this woman touched his robe, that he took a step towards her. And she went from being anonymous to known. What are your expectations? And may we expect God to take a step towards us. May we expect Him to show up and do great things in our life. In the midst of the urgent, don't miss the importance. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you so much for what you show us and what you model us. Thank you for the promise of our relationship of stepping towards you and you stepping towards us. And God, may we start there. If there's someone in this room that has yet to take that first step towards you, God, may they be willing to step out and say, Jesus, I, I don't even know you that well. I've been trying to remain unknown and unnoticed and anonymous, but, but Jesus, no more. I take a step towards you. And what we will discover in an instant is that you come running to us that we are important, that you knowing us is more important than anything else to you. 
It's why you went to the cross. May we not sacrifice the important for the continual rollouts of the urgent. May we walk a little bit slower with you so we may notice you and be known by you and notice those around us. In Jesus' name.